Wrapping. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet he you don't have to wrap for that shipping now. for both items too. I no, bet you he no, did that's, that that's why he can't combine because. No, uh, I'm gonna call him. I'm gonna find his number and I'm gonna call him and I'm gonna say he ruined Christmas forever. <laughs> and Hanukkah. I'm not even Jewish. Welcome, folks. It is Geek Shock number 75. <laughs> I am Dr. Vlar. Yes, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. And Commander K. Hey, welcome back. It's always good to have you on this show, man. I, I enjoy it. Thank you for having oh, me. It's good stuff. And uh, so, guys, all right, before we go into this week's news, tell me, what geeky thing did you get on? I am the voice of Suspenders. Oh, my God. <laughs> is that geeky? <laughs> No, it's I guess, not geeky. Well, I, I, what isn't geeky about suspenders, really, when it well, comes down to it? I'm going to be doing some voiceovers for little little 30-second spots for suspenders on the interwebs. Uh, do, they, do they have the Mork and Mindy-style suspenders? Yes. Really? The rainbow ones with they, all the they buttons? they everything. <laughs> That's you, awesome. Well, you can equate it because, like the bow tie, the doctor has made them cool again. The doctor has made bow them ties cool are again. Cool. I associate bow ties with the doctor. And actually, I associate hot little redhead girls from Scotland with the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no, the geekiest thing I really did today, this week was I created new rooms for Undermountain. <laughs> he did. Yeah, we're okay. If those who are interested in D&D campaigns The D&D there, report! Yeah, we actually have gone to Undermountain in our campaign. And, well, Barry's just a little room builder now. I know. Well, the Undermountain set, as you remember from 2nd edition, or you may not, you're going to get clued in now, comes with... A few rooms filled in, but the maps are so huge. Like eight or nine rooms. Yeah, out of maybe a hundred in each map, and there's like five maps or something crazy like that that you have with a set, and there's more sets, and they're all full of empty rooms. It's to you to figure out what's in there. Well, of course, they go into pretty much every room that's not mapped out and planned, so I have to make these rooms. And I sat there, and I made tons of rooms, and... They didn't really get through half of them. But uh, it's okay, because I think once I'm done, once this campaign is through Undermountain in, you know, 40 years, I'll publish a book. Yeah. <laughs> that I can't... Barry's Undermountain. That I can't make... That sounds disgusting. It does. <laughs> it really does. You don't have to see my Undermountain. <laughs> um, it's got rocks and boulders. Um, I can't make any money off it, because Wizards of the Coast will want all of it. Well, Yeah. So it's just going to have to be one of those free releases on the internet, <laughs> which I'll get no money for. You release it as a PDF. <laughs> oh, yeah, those are big. You can call it Thunder Mountain. No, wait, no, Disney owns no, that one. No. Um, Blunder yeah. Mountain? That sounds like Grimtooths, hmm. which I'm glad you don't have any Grimtooth trap books. I don't know what that is. I'm glad you don't. Yeah, you don't. You're not allowed to look that. it up. No. <laughs> At all. You're done. Uh, you are done. Oh, my traps are bad enough. How about you, Jeff? What would you uh, geek out on? Uh, I don't know if you'd call it geeking out, but... What uh, is this? Every time I ask you about a geek out <laughs> well, thing on this thing, you're like, I didn't really do much of the geeking thing. No, no, I, did, I, I mean, it, it's geeky, but I wouldn't necessarily call it geeking out. I, uh, <laughs> I worked on people's computers this week. Oh, that works fine. <laughs> Again. Geeky? Yes, it's, it is. It's geeky, but I wouldn't call it geeking out. My it, geeking out was buying like $100 worth of uh, uh, Blu-rays on Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jeff, were Amazon. you paid... To work on these computers? No, 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 no. Oh, that's geeking that's out. True. That's yeah. geeking out. Yeah. There you go. Anybody get involved in the whole Black Friday? I did. Monday? I did, sir. I was at Omaha Steaks at <laughs> seven in the morning <laughs> to Why? buy meat. Of all Why? the stores to line up for, well, I'm not Omaha going to Best Steaks. Buy. I don't need a TV. I don't need any toasters. I don't need any more games because Christ, I have too many as it is to play, and I don't have time to do other stuff that I should be doing. No. <clears throat> yeah, I know. <clears throat> Fuck the lotties. I 
<laughs> what I need is meat for sustenance. <laughs> I need Omaha steaks. And the first hundred people in the door got free shit. I took Deb and her friend Paulette with us, and we got two free things of chicken. You got free chicken? I got free chicken. Okay. And I got barbecue sauce and, and seasoning for free. You got barbecue sauce last year. Yeah, I know. So I what you're more. saying, Barry. That's good stuff. Is that your job on Black Friday was to put meat in your mouth as well as everyone else with you? Yeah, I'll live with that. <laughs> I'll own that. There's no pride. My freezer is full of top quality meat. Hoo-ah! All right. All right. Well, Barry I, Rob, meat geek. Yes. And Can Chris- you geek out on meat? And Kirsten and I will be partaking in Barry's meat <laughs> the game night in the run. You did. They partake yeah. of my sausage when they come over. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, those are wang points. Rubber wang, rubber wang, rubber wang. Um, What'd you do? It, tying in with Barry's Undermountain thing that he was mentioning, uh, GamingPaper.com, mm-hmm. uh, um, Silver uh, Any Award winning, the Innies uh, being from ENWorld.com, mm-hmm. which is a... Uh, a uh, D&D, um, well, role-playing game fan site. And oh, nice. uh, they've actually started giving out role-playing game awards over the past few years. Oh, nice. uh, I, I believe they give them out at uh, Gen Con. You said that was EN World? EN World, for Eric Noah's World. Eric Noah used to work uh, with uh, TSR Wizards of the Coast. And he, he put that up way back when they were introducing 3rd Edition. And he sort of let it go now, and it's just become its own role-playing game Form it's very big. Okay, it, it's it's a it's a huge form. It's bigger than Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, anyway, um, they um, it's like this roll of uh, paper. To um, I forget how exactly wide it is, about eighteen inches, two feet or something, three feet, and then it's like um, ten, a dozen feet long, and it's a, re- a roll of pre-square grid printed paper and you can literally roll out a sheet cut it and boom you've got a grid mat to lay down and draw on and stuff like that actually gave you a roll um yeah it's a couple good stuff. Months. it is um, you used it i use it uh, i use it myself when i run and uh, they have started printing out now packs where they now print out the grids on 11 by 8 paper and they put these out in big packs like reams of paper and they have the 100 pack dungeon where um Another award-winning, uh, any award winner, uh, Christopher West, who's a cartographer, a gaming cartographer who's won some awards, has designed and has done a simple design of a jun- dungeon that utilizes 100 of these pages to make a 10 by 10 sheet dungeon. Oh and uh, they are modular, so you can join them in a variety of ways. Uh. They put up this pack, and then they've gotten a few other names in the business, independent writers and the like, to write an adventure that goes with that. And this is oh. in like a kick, what they call Kickstarter. It's uh, you know, uh, some of these places are now doing. Um, oh, of course, I'm blanking on the exact term to use. They sponsorship of projects where you get X number of people to pledge their sponsorship of a project, they send in money, and then if you hit your goal that you can finance the project, you do your project, and then depending on their donation, you give them you know, a, the ream of paper, or a, in this case, yeah. the ream of the paper plus a PDF of the adventure that goes with the rooms, and so on and so really? forth based on it. <clears throat> Go to GamingPaper.com. Check them out anyway because they're yeah, cool. That, sounds right. cool. that project's very cool, but the reason I bring it up is because it's this 10 by 10 
dungeon printed up on eight by uh, eleven sheets. That's that's just, very cool. Uh, and, and how big are the squares then? On it's this? one inch grid, dude. Okay. It is for your minis. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, so that's very good. And that, aside from that, uh, I invaded Todd's space. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, invading my space. <laughs> in the game at uh, yeah, Barry's house. Not just in between game. Barry's meat and Todd's space. Uh. You just don't stand a chance. <laughs> Me, I've been playing with Diablo 2 mods again. Yes. So so this you're, you're lucky that you're even listening to this right now because I could not be editing this right now and going to play. What you should be game. doing is playing some Civ Five, uh, get some achievements. Yeah, either one of those is going to sink me. So, so <laughs> you, you want the dagger or the poison? Really, when it comes down to it. So, all right. So let's let's go on to it. I got a, a fun list, big list later on. Okay. But of course, you got to earn it. News you don't give a shit about. Uh. Uh. <laughs> I like the collective groan that it's <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually this is, there's some nasty ones here uh, Angelus Duran is that a name of like, a villain I fought Godzilla in the <laughs> God, oh never mind like many before her has Girl. decided that a weird quirk of international law makes it possible for in- individuals to make claims on, in, on extraterrestrial real estate so, Mrs. Duran has made a notarized registered claim on the star we call the sun. Oh, whatever. <laughs> and Have her plant a flag on it. And says she's going to start charging people to use it. <laughs> Brilliant. The whole, the whole idea of individual people laying claim to balls of rock and gas 240,000 miles away, it started in 1967 when the United Nations ratified the Outer Space Treaty. It's, treaty. It started uh, that space was a province of all mankind and that bits or the whole of it could not be claimed by any world government to the exclusion of another. So, the treaty, which was signed by 98 nations, including all space-faring ones, made no mention of individual world citizens and their ability to stake claims in outer space. Uh, Twelve years later, the UN, UN tried to head off this silly sort of stuff before it got out of hand by finalizing the Moon Treaty, which, when it went into effect five years later, uh, forbade private ownership of extraterrestrial real estate. Well, today, the Moon Treaty has only been ratified by 13 governments, none of whom have space programs. Spain is not one of them, so Angelus Duran, Spanish citizen, has registered the sun as being her property at her local notary public and is confident in her claim. So I don't have to send her a dollar every time I step out of my house? I, I'm not sure how this works yet. Can we sue her when we get a sunburn? That's a good question. Foolish woman, the liabilities. Oi. Uh, so this, does it mean we can financially... Nail her for global warming? Then? Yes, yes, we can. Whoa. We can just lay it all on Miss Duran. I think she's not aware yeah. of the lot of what she's <laughs> taking on here. Yeah, this. Oh. <laughs> that makes me wonder what happens when we actually do go to the moon some more and start building shit there. Mm-hmm. Who's going right. to say? Oh no! Uh, Hasn't China not... stated they 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 want to establish a, st- a settlement? They're moving towards that. I, think I mean, a, at China's goes, pace, but still. Right. I thought that they made an announcement. They're, uh, at this point, it's like whoever gets there first, right? Yeah, yeah. pretty I mean, much. I mean, I don't think a silly flag is going to really you know, stop people from building. Well, so. didn't we just <laughs> launch something into the moon? Uh, like a rocket? We? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, the water project. Yeah. Right. yeah they, did, they, didn't Mr. Show blow up the moon? <laughs> well, it was cracked in Thundar's time. Okay, well, see, then... <laughs> 1994. Then all this is moot. <laughs> 
Oh, right. So, Bolnar, the barbarian. So she plans to start charging for the use of the new property. She plans to donate half the proceeds to the government of Spain, 20% to Spain's pension fund, and 10% to eat to a scientific research, ending world hunger, and herself. Uh, good luck enforcing that. Yeah. I'd yeah. like to see anyone pay her. Like, yeah, like you know, it... If she were to make headway on the the good stuff, the bad stuff follows. That's just so true, you know. And people love someone to blame. Yep. <laughs> I will. I think I'll send her a dollar. <laughs> I think I'll send her a dollar because yeah, good idea. Somewhat deserves a dollar. She'll be the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac of the, of the new, <laughs> new millennium. But I'll make a solar May to see her trying to send people to collect. What? <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah, well. Maybe we should collect on her behalf. Start knocking on doors, explaining the situation. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to interrupt your uh, TV viewing, ma'am, but um, we're here to collect for your sun usage. Yes. Yeah, it's a new thing. Barry can do some voiceovers. <laughs> no, 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 ma'am. It's not an Obama thing. It's actually Spain. Yeah. <laughs> so just pay the dollar, and I'll be on your way. News you don't give a shit about. Joining a list of artists, including No Doubt and Courtney Love... Guns N' Roses frontman Axl Rose is suing Activision for a total sum of $20 million in response to the in-game appearance of former Guns N' Roses guitarist Slash in Guitar Hero 3 Legends of Rock. Huh? Wait, what? <laughs> According to court documents obtained by Reuters, Rose claims that he authorized the inclusion of the Guns N' Roses song Welcome to the Jungle on the condition that the game would not include any reference to the former band member or his subsequent activities on Velvet Revolver. According to Rose, Activision broke his agreement when they included an in-game likeness of Slash and featured songs by Velvet Revolver, which was released as DLC shortly after the game hit the shelves. Additionally, Activision used the likeness of Slash to promote the game by placing him on the cover of the game and by featuring him on stage during the performance of Welcome to the Jungle. Hmm. So Axel Rose and Saul Hudson, that's the real name of Slash, have been in conflict ever since Slash left the iconic band in 1996. Activision has yet to formally respond to the lawsuit. This is an old game. This is an old oh, game. Oh, man. He's a little behind the times on this one. Yeah, I mean, do you think they might throw a statute of limitations on this one? I suppose it's possible. It's not. It's not that old, though. No, yeah, it's not that old. But uh, he would have been aware by now. I mean, like, awesome. What? Well, it's this Axel happened? Rose. He might have just sobered up a couple of months ago and been like, <laughs> yeah. "What?" In that case, he, he also might forget in two weeks. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. So really, it's just kind of just sit on your hands and wait. No wonder Activision not saying anything. It's like, don't worry, he'll. He'll go to sleep tomorrow, and we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> this this whole thing between Slash and Axel for decade plus now is just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I hate Slash, him. He. I hate him too. Slash okay. is a is a successful musician, and yeah. Axel Rose is a is a wash up. Yeah. Well, in yeah. his shitty half band, he calls Guns N' Roses. <laughs> Axel Rose so is Axel Rose. The only talent he has is oh, Buckethead. Shackler's revenge. Who is really good. Guitarist, revenge. Oh man, there was this thing on the on XM satellite radio the other day about Axl Rose uh, disappointing fans repeatedly over in Europe because he's <laughs> no, he's like showing up to his own concert like two hours late. Like he's actually coming out on stage two hours after the time the concert was supposed to start. And the excuses, the excuse is that it takes him a good you know forty five minutes to an hour to warm up his voice to do the the songs. And I'm like. 
So why don't you get there like two hours before the concert starts, warm up your voice, and then you can get out there on time. Hey, let's not forget, cornrows take a while to do. That's true. That's true. He's, he's got to have hair, time in hair and makeup and warm up his voice. So, Well, that's classic Axel. I mean, remember yeah. the reason that they had that big old riot? Yeah. At the Metallica concert with Guns N' Roses. Oh, that's right. I remember yeah. the interview with Metallica. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that for the, guy. For our listeners out there <clears throat> who may not be aware of the the riot in Yeah, this, this is a little oh. older than some of our listeners, so please. Wow. Pay attention, kids. <laughs> um, a riot ensued after there was a, a joint concert between Metallica and Guns N' Roses, two of the biggest bands on the earth back then, right. you know, when dinosaurs roamed the earth. And, 89, uh, 90-ish? Yeah. No, or, Early, Earlier? Late like 80s, early 90s. Yeah, like 89, yeah. 90. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we'll, we'll say 88, 89, 90. This lesson in math and brought continue. to you by the Ugly Couch Show. <laughs> Back in the era of steam. <laughs> um, Metallica was you know, rocking out, and they had a, um, they had a, a malfunction where, uh, with the pyrotechnics. Where James Hetfield's like hair caught on fire or mm. some, something like that, mm. and it was, real, it was really bad. And so uh, he burned his back pretty bad. Yes, yeah, so Lars Ulrich, yeah. the drummer, came out and said, "Hey guys, we're sorry, we can't continue. Um, James is going to the hospital. Thank you for you know, your support and everything." And the fans are like, "Hey, okay, great." So of course, Guns N' Roses had a great chance here to save the day by coming in and rocking out for like the rest of their set and whatever time the Metallica was going to be out there. But, you know, Axl Rose, late as always, and then leaves early. Gets pissed off or something. Yeah, he threw a fit. Uh, Didn't like the was, sound. Was talking about, they came backstage, and there's Rose sulking in a corner, smoking a cigarette with a glass of champagne. He's like, my voice just isn't there. And Hetfield's like, why are you fucking smoking a cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> so the fans rioted, and it was a big fucking mess. So, uh, yeah, Guns N' Roses... Were shit pretty much. Yeah, didn't some that. people die in that riot too? Like, no, I, no some, people were people got trampled injured. to death. Or I don't something. think they, I don't think anyone no, died. Uh, you're thinking of Black Christmas. Oh, oh the Black Friday there. <laughs> so that this is classic Axel behavior. So it's all about him. Doesn't he doesn't grow up? <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. As we reported last week, uh, neither Joss Whedon nor Sarah Michelle Gellar will be involved in the upcoming big screen Buffy reboot. Uh, but one alum still hopes to be a part of the project, Christy Swanson. What? <laughs> who was first to bring Buffy Summers to life way back in the original 1992 film. Quoting Swanson, if they wanted me to be a part of it, I think that would be fantastic. And that it would be a blast, Swanson told Entertainment Weekly. There are diehard Joss Whedon fans who absolutely love him to death, and rightly so. He's a brilliant man, no doubt. I love everything Buffy, but I don't care who's doing it. <laughs> on a side note, Luke Perry, who co-starred in the 1992 film, had no comment on the project. Okay, that's smart. <laughs> yeah, I've heard some things about Christy Swanson being dumb, yeah. like ridiculous dumb. Oh, only time I've seen her except for that movie is uh, Fangoria Conventions. That's that's about it. She cool? If she's cool, cool yeah, enough. Sure I mean, cool, I didn't yeah. we didn't have lunch or anything, but <laughs> why not? Blowing <clears throat> it, man. What the hell? It's, it's not like you know. There were lines to get her autograph, so she did have time. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about? Poor Nathan Fillion. Uh-oh, what now? What happened? His bid to become Nathan Drake in the upcoming movie adaptation of the very popular PS3 Uncharted Drake's Fortune has ended. 
Aww. He would have been perfect. Perfect for it. Because Mark Wahlberg just confirmed that what? he had been confirmed as Drake <clears throat> no. in the film adaptation. No, no. I say thee nay. Written and directed by David O. Russell, Uncharted features Nathan Drake, the descendant of Sir Francis Drake, who in modern times, Indiana Jones type adventure hunter with a sharp tongue and a flair for quick repartee. Wahlberg told MTV, Dave is one of the best writer directors I've ever worked with. The idea that he's, he has is just insane, so hopefully we'll be making this movie this summer. Uh, say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci have also been rumored, but not confirmed, for supporting, supporting roles as Drake's father and uncle, respectively. You know, I have Wahlberg. nothing against Mark Wahlberg in general, but I just think Nathan Fillion would have been so much better. I, I, I agree. I, I, I really do like Mark as an actor. I, I've enjoyed a lot yes. of his work. Um, yeah, maybe he can pull this off, but I have never seen him as that, that quick, witty guy that, that Nathan Drake is. part was made for uh, Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. It, it, yeah, it really kind of was. I mean... Uh, I, I, I mean, I, other actors can certainly fill that role. There's no doubt. I'm just not sure Mark Wahlberg is that actor. Hell, I've had people say that they huh. thought that that was Nathan Fillion doing the voice say. work in Drake's Fortune. It has in Uncharted. It has it, that Captain Mal feel. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, definitely. And whatever. I didn't like him in Max Payne either. Yeah, uh, Max Payne was a rough movie in general. I rented that and promptly sent it back. <laughs> Did I fall asleep in that one? Um, I think you came out and said, what are you watching? And I told you, you sat down for like a couple minutes, dozed off, and then you said, I gotta go to bed. You got up and went and took off. And that's how the opening of the Ugly Cat show started. Yeah. Well, He's, too... <laughs> He's too serious. He's too... Mark Wahlberg's too serious for that role. It's kind of weird. It's, uh, it, and not as a slam. I wouldn't quite describe him as, <clears throat> I don't know quite how to put it, but funny, um, not he can be thoughtful, but there is an essence of you know sharp wit. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, well, no, for Wal- for Wahlberg, what yeah. I'm saying is there's a there's like every character he plays, you can see him his character sorting things out and thinking things through, which is one mm. of the things I like about his performances. But it is not rapid fire. No, no. It's, it's, it's not, more calculated it's versus... It's calculated. There versus you go. Versus reactionary. There you go. There you go. Maybe like that. So, you know. I, you know. Even, even when he was update. like full-on hothead in uh, The Departed, okay. one of my favorite performances he's done. Yeah. He's still... There's still a build to it. He kind of has a simmer going and stuff. So, it's... Yeah. Hmm. All right. Okay. Mm. Whatever. Actor, stretch yourself. Okay. And finally, news you don't give a shit about. The leader in the cloud-based charge in the industry on live has announced that the micro console box will launch December 2nd. That's Thursday, gentlemen. With pre-orders already open to the public, the box will retail for $100 and allow console-based games to stream online's HD server content directly to the home HD TV. The system includes the physical box and wireless controller and a free game voucher up to forty nine ninety nine in value up until December 31st. Why don't I give a shit about this? Why don't you give a shit about this? Yeah. Because it's 
it's big fanfare to, to nothing. It's because you own an <laughs> Xbox. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and a computer. Oh, yeah. I already have a game console and computer. Did you, did you, do you know the idea? If, for those that don't know the idea of OnLive, basically it is a box that attaches to a server off in Internet land. And you are playing games off their computer instead of yours, but using your TV as their monitor. So it's basically playing it over the internet. They say there's a, a barely perceptible lag to it. No, no, <laughs> like no. Barely perceptible, barely. Okay, there's bad enough lag when I'm like loading, doing, going between loading screens and Fallout. Can you imagine what it's going to be like if everyone's on that thing? So it's, it'd be interesting to see how this actually works out. Apparently, the technology works better than anybody thought it would, as far as critics go. I don't think we have the bandwidth for that. Not in the infrastructure, we probably don't. No. But they say that's so, hey, so we'll know South in a few Korea. days. We'll know in a few days. Yeah. Yeah. This works great in South Korea. i <laughs> there. <laughs> it's too bad you can't control RTS games with a con- console controller. Otherwise, they'd have this sewn up. <laughs> And that's it for the shit news. My God. Yeah, so let's do a week in geek. This is the real shit. What's going on? Well, first off, a little uh, press release from NASA. They're going to hold a news conference 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday, December 2nd. Hey, that's the same day OnLive comes out. Oh, what will I be more interested in? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the uh, conference is to discuss an astrobiology finding that will impact the search for evidence of extraterrestrial life. Astrobiology is the study of the origin, evolution, distribution, and future of life in the universe. The news conference will be held at the NASA headquarters auditorium in Washington. It will be broadcast live on NASA television and streamed on the agency's website. So some big announcement from NASA. No one knows what it is. It's just, but it is concerning astrobiology and alien life of some sort. This is it, isn't it? We found a spore. I don't know. We found Who something. <laughs> Andromeda strain. We, we, we found some... Planet far off that supports life. We found something floating. We're calling it Rama. (laughs) In uh, sad stuff, uh, Irvin Kirshner, Uh, the director of Empire Strikes Back, died Sunday at 87 years old. uh, Kirshner, who is... uh, who, besides the 1980 sci-fi epic, also directed Sean Connery as James Bond in Never Say Never Again, and Peter Weller in RoboCop 2. He died at home after a long illness. Also, uh, actor Leslie Nielsen died yeah. Sunday at the age of 84 from complications due to pneumonia. And most of us know him as the star of Naked Gun movies, Airplane, and Police Squad. <clears throat> However, we shouldn't forget, mm. Nielsen also starred in the sci-fi classic Forbidden Planet. Yep. Sitting right there. Yeah, based on Shakespeare's The Tempest. He uh, started out as a Hollywood leading man, tall, good-looking, authoritative, and later in his career became a spoof of that image and made fun of himself. And turned out he was terrific at it. Uh, you surely will be missed, Frank Drebin. Now, and don't call him Shirley. <laughs> here, here's here's a nice tie-in, John J. Adams. I think that's uh, the character's name in Forbidden pa- Planet, mm-hmm. uh, in Nielsen's character. That whole the, the spaceship, the, the 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 whole military aspect. That character was part of the inspiration for Gene Roddenberry, who uh-huh. created Star Trek. <clears throat> Forbidden Planet was one of the things he was going off when he was putting that all together. And there you have. William Shatner playing Captain Kirk, who in his later years makes a great career out of spoofing himself. Right. Uh, yes. It's like, uh, what, what a tremendous tie-in. Yeah. Wow. Of course, it makes me very sad that they're both gone now, because 
Now I know that Irvin Kershner will never direct another Star Wars, and <laughs> Leslie Nielsen will never star in it as a Sith Lord. <laughs> what? Oh, it makes me very sad. Wow. <clears throat> you need to come up with that idea about four years ago. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no doubt. Damn you, Hollywood! Spaceball 2. Well, last week, a little a scary moment had a little geeky moment to it. Oh, really? Uh, North Korea shelled a South Korean island, sending the peninsula into a crisis status. The South fired several test shots in response, but according to the New York Times, the country denied that any hit the North. South Korean Defense Minister Kim Tae-yong was questioned by one politician why the South's retaliation was delayed 13 minutes and not forceful enough, to which Kim replied, quote, This isn't StarCraft. <laughs> nice! <clears throat> Kim, oh. Kim certainly wasn't making light of the situation. If anything, he was using StarCraft as a national obsession in South Korea to illustrate a point. The confrontation with the North is very serious and cannot be taken lightly. Yeah, StarCraft, re- referenced in wow. international intrigue. Nice. Wow. Why did they bomb them anyway? Why did they? Uh, the, it's the way it's understood now. It's uh, Kim Jong Il's son is now starting to take over the reins, and it's believed that it was his son who was showing a push of power that he was a powerful figure. Man, that kid looks like a goofball. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you should see the Daily Show. They all look they like go, they go really crazy. He, he, he looks like the reason why, why brothers and sisters shouldn't fuck. <laughs> Man. So Kim Jong-il's father, was it Kim Il-sung? Uh, he was called Great Leader. Kim, Kim Jong-il is known as Dear Leader. What's this one going to be called? Fat Leader. Fat Leader. <laughs> Red Leader? <laughs> Man. Porkins? Porkins. We'll call him Porkins. <laughs> I think Leader One is back available from uh, oh, from the GoBots. <laughs> wow. wow, the fact that I got that. <laughs> Retired French electrician Pierre Legenic re- revealed 271 previously unknown works of Picasso that he had sitting around in his garage worth what? about 80 million. Say what? Though Legenic claims he legitimately received these pieces as gifts, the Picasso family is suing Legenic claiming he stole the works. Legenic worked for Picasso for three years until the artist died in 1973, at which point Legenic continued to work for Picasso's widow, Jacqueline, for the next 13 years until she died. According to Legenic's lawyer, Legenic asked Jacqueline for pieces of Picasso's work, and she gave them to him over time, a reasonable possibility, but the Picasso family claims that the sheer quantity of the pieces gifted to Picasso gifted make the claim seem less believable. The Picasso family found out about Legenic's cache of art when he contacted them to see if they could authenticate whether or not the pieces in his possessions were real, to which they responded with a lawsuit, confirming the authenticity of the pieces, but questioning the authenticity of the method in which they were obtained. Surprisingly, Legenic doesn't wish to sell the pieces, claiming they have sentimental value. With the large amount of pieces in his possession, though, he should just probably open up his own museum, really, when it comes down to it. Yeah. There you go. Charge admission. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I, art people will be mad at me. I just don't like Picasso's work. It, it never spoke to me, but hey, you know, teach their own. Yeah, I'm sure it's very important work for, you know, art history majors and everything. I just, I just don't enjoy looking at it. I well, get nothing one, out of it. One, one man's Warcraft is another man's Barry thinks it sucks. 
Well, only the doctor truly understood him. A lot of him, though, Barry. crabs are Barry. Barry <laughs> <laughs> uh. rolls his eyes. <laughs> it's it's a Doctor Who joke. <laughs> God. <laughs> Headline: Student Google's himself finds he's accused of murder. What? <laughs> what? A University of Florida student and, uh, and Publix enemy named Zachary Garcia idly Googled, Googled himself only to just... It's, it's weird to say that. Googled himself. <laughs> so dirty. Only to discover that his photo had been circulated by the Polk County Sheriff's Office in connection with a murder. But the sus- suspect in the felony murder case in question was Zachary Garcia, but that's Zachary with an E in it. Now, says Gar- Zachary Garcia... The one who's not the murder suspect. I was just very shocked to find my picture in the article saying that I was convicted of a felony murder charge, he said. And I was just very shocked and angry that someone put my name up there and said I did something I didn't do. And now, as his story spreads, non-murder suspect Zachary Garcia is going to see his name pop up in all these murder-related stories about Googling his name used erroneously caused his photo to turn up in connection with a murder case. (laughs) (laughs) And the circle continues. I wonder if you Google me. If you Google me, I'm apparently the president of Indian Affairs for something. <laughs> There's also a DJ in Florida named Barry. Um, <laughs> All right, this it, I gotta see. Yeah. Nah. Apparently, if you Google yourself, what do you? Apparently, got? it's it's me and some guy who's very active in his church in Texas. Mm. I like yours better. I'm uh, happy. It's. Kirsten Sapansky? <laughs> it's all me, baby. I can't even spell <laughs> your last name. It's hard enough to spell, yeah, let alone. It's, it's funny. There are, there are other Kirstens out there, males no less, that mm. spell their name like my, I do. And it's a, no apparently there are a lot of last names. No, there are lots of Sapanskys. It's actually yeah. an extremely common but Polish Kirsten. name. But Kirsten Sapanskys just ah, doesn't come up. That's a, that's a combo to yeah. be reckoned with. So if that murder charge comes up, that you would. <laughs> it's you. Pretty yeah. much you, yeah. It's you. Yeah. Can, may I actually, can I do a digression here? <laughs> I, I want to, uh, last week. Um, you kill somebody? No, we made it, we thing? made an internet, we made it, we made some kind of joke. You, uh, I forget what we were talking about exactly, uh, but it was, uh, uh, we did like the, the something babies and you were like the, Oh, like the Muppet Baby thing. The Muppet Baby thing. And, and I made some comment about, uh, oh, I saw that website and I'm waiting for the FBI to come after me. I have gotten uh-huh. emails from friends who heard that remark advising me how to wipe my hard drive. Advise, <laughs> there's one, there's a phone number. It's like, dude, if they come, don't say a word and call this lawyer. And it's like, guys... I'm joking here. People who know me know that I tend to get a little crude. And the internet <laughs> is a rule 34. Yeah. I actually love that cliche because it's true. If there's anything, you compose any idea in your head, there is porn for it somewhere out there on the internet. <laughs> That's right. I make that joke. This all started with me years ago at Star Trek The Experience, mm-hmm. which I amazingly got away with this crude remark. We'd have pre-shifts. They would talk about some rule coming up in the, in the corporate environment. I won't use her real name, but there was someone in HR whose last name began with a P. And, so, and there was someone else in the administrative staff that had the same first name. So they would always say, I'll just use the name Laura, but they'll all, they would always say, you know, uh, blah, 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 do this, do that. If you have any questions, go to HR and see Laura P. 
and I would always say, I've been to that website, <laughs> lead balloon, no one would laugh, people would look at me, but that was like my tradition. So that has become something of like my cliche. Somebody says something that can be remotely innuendoed as ick, and I'll say, I've seen that website, and get a bunch of groans or what have you. So, yeah, I, I don't need the advice. I appreciate it. <laughs> but seriously, I'm joking, okay? It's just, but thank you. Anyway, that just, sorry for digressing. <laughs> He's not joking. He makes um, me watch horrible we go to websites. For a joke. <laughs> He's dirty man. Dirty man. Dirty. Dirty man. That's right. I've gone from Commander K to Dirty K. <laughs> <laughs> Special K. <laughs> the Hollywood Reporter points out that Warner Brothers has been trademarking just about everything under the sun regarding to Quidditch over the years. However, neatly tucked away in the paragraphs and paragraphs of trademarked Quidditch items lies one simple word. Lingerie. What? Uh Warner Brothers probably included lingerie in the trademark uh, barrage simply to prevent someone else from capitalizing on the idea, preventing the sporty lingerie from becoming a happening one day, or less likely, Warner Brothers found a whole new way to extend the franchise. Either way, Warner Brother has trademarked Quidditch lingerie for when you want to be sexy while playing imaginary flying sports. <laughs> I'm trying to picture what that would look like. And then I don't want to anymore. <laughs> Where does the broom go? Oh, there it is. <laughs> There's that step. I have to take it. I've been to that website. Uh, <laughs> Dirty man. Low-hanging fruit, Barry. Yeah, well, Paul's not here. Someone's got to take the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> Miss you, Paul. You're in a boat. Dick-ass fart. <laughs> a few months ago, V made a major casting coup when it added the original bad lizard girl Jane Diana Badler yeah. to the cast of the new V reboot. Well, now they've done it again by bringing Mark Singer on board ABC's Struggling yes! Series. What? Singer, now 62, who played cameraman-turned-freedom fighter Mike Donovan in the original 1980 sci-fi series, was just announced as having joined the cast of the sci-fi show. The former Beastmaster actor is set to play a new <laughs> character by the name of Lars Tremont. Here's what TV Guide's William Keck says about that character. Lars is a member of a super top-secret organization comprised of high-ranking military and government leaders from around the globe who have long suspected that the visitors, despite what they tell us, are very much not here in peace. And while Jane Badler will appear as early as the January 4th premiere episode, viewers will have to wait until the 10th and final episode of the second season in order to see Singer, a long and painful wait, especially since the show's status as to a third season is unclear. This better be some more band of work <laughs> I, 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 I've got a fever and the only cure is more band of work it's the only reason he watches the show anymore <laughs> that's right why not <laughs> but you know it's going to have these classic people on it I'll watch it again I just didn't like the CG and the writing was a little weird but uh, I do like some V they did enjoy some V okay I just enjoyed more band of work who am I trying <laughs> I'm trying to justify it I really am it's, it's <laughs> working it's working. Yeah. No. It's okay, Barry. I think it's safe to say all here are all about the V. I've seen that website. <laughs> <laughs> my, 
<laughs> Marvel Entertainment has been dealt a blow in the ongoing legal battle with the estate of Jack Kirby over the ownership of 45 of the company's most popular characters, and Disney has been told it's involved whether it likes it or not. Ooh! New York federal judge Colleen McMahon last week ruled on multiple matters on the ongoing tussle between Marvel and the heirs of Kirby, and despite multiple decisions in Marvel's favor, most importantly for the company that the estate's Kirby estate was too late in demanding the return of the artwork and an accounting of how much money at stake was for was premature. McMahon refused to follow Marvel's lead and declare the notices of termination of copyright as redundant, meaning that there is a very real chance that Marvel could lose control of characters such as the Fantastic Four, the Hulk, and the X-Men within the next decade. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So now, that, that continues on. Can, to who? The now, Kirby family? Well, yeah, that, yes, my, my question there is that is, would, isn't, uh, wouldn't, uh, isn't the co-creatorship with Stan Lee, where if, if they award creatorship to Kirby's family, where is Stan Lee in That's all this? That's a good this? question. Stan Lee would be dead. Because he's been very, that has been very silent through this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I wonder. Well, he's always been uh, a Marvel... Uh, a Marvel frontman. So. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and he's still big you know, time he still company. gets paid by Marvel. Yeah, so. big time company dude. So, but that I mean, because it's not I mean as as much as some creators and artists would like you to believe, it's not like it's all Kirby. It's no. a Lee Kirby collaboration. Yes, it so. is. Right. Betty interesting. Mm. Yeah, he's got the new gods. You can have those. Yeah, keep those. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese arcades continue to exist in Japan. And game companies like Sega continue to make games for them. Uh, they are past their heyday in Japan. But China is ripe for the picking, or so Sega apparently thinks. Starting next spring, the Tokyo-based game company, known for arcade classics like OutRun and Virtual Fighter, will begin selling its titles and creating new games in China. Sega is currently working with investment and joint venture companies. Details are scant, and it's unclear what titles and franchises will be involved. However, as the original report mentions, the amusement industry, it's logically expected that Sega will begin in arcades. For mm-hmm. years now, Japanese arcade games have been imported into Chinese arcades, and titles like The King of Fighters have a serious and devoted following. And more recently, Japanese companies, especially sticker picture companies, are being more proactive about moving into the Chinese amusement industry. A healthy Chinese arcade industry could benefit the global arcade business as it would spark new title development. Just as long as the arcades actually supply video games and not sports simulators, I'll be happy. <laughs> you know my stance on arcades. I, yes. yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> they are the pre-wee. <laughs> the pre-wee. The pre-wee. <laughs> I, just, I need a joystick and a couple buttons and a screen. I don't want a skateboard thing and the gun and the... Dance, dance, your mom. I, I don't want that. <laughs> How about if you have a dancing skateboard game with a gun that you dance on your mom? I play that. Okay, see, it I can play happen. that game. It can happen. Yeah. You know, I messed with the Connect this weekend. Did it's, you uh, really? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I think it's a fun party implement, but I don't. At this point. I'm going to say I don't see it as a hardcore gamer peripheral peripheral that people are going to go out and buy. Hell no. I, 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 I see it has potential, I guess. Right. It's pretty responsive. Um, it does track you very well. You look weird in some games and other games, you're, you know, you're your avatar. It's got potential. I just 
don't feel like they're exploiting it yet. It's a party peripheral, really. I mean, it's like, hey, check out what I've got. Is there a party game for it? Well, yeah, all the games that are out for it right now are basically party games, with the exception of the exercise game and then the the animal pet owner thing. I don't know the other games. <laughs> the dance game? Seriously? Do I need to say it? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. The dance game. Well, the, well, the dance game is a party game, too. It's like, you know, match, match, this, uh, match this movement. You did great. Did you do great? I did not do the dance. No. Oh, okay. I did the uh, Connect Adventures, and uh, I tried a little bit of the uh, the exercise thing, which eh, wasn't for me. I see the Connect is a uh, an awesome piece of technology that no one really knows how to exploit yet. Mm. That's yeah. yeah, that's pretty much basically what it comes down to as far as the video game. Some will I've, eventually figure out something really cool to do with it, but until then, we're going to get Wii knockoffs. Well, I mean... It, <sighs> Computer uh, people out there are finding great uses for it. This they, is true. They're, they're modding the hell out of this thing. You I, know? I saw the one video with the guy uh, that is playing Super Mario Brothers yeah. using the Kinect. How? He basically, does, all the movements that he does are emulated by the character yeah. on the thing. So, so he becomes like Mario. He becomes Mario. Mario. Oh! Every time he well, does a punch-up like this, the, the character uh, jumps and punches why the Why isn't somebody uh, giving this guy a fucking call? <laughs> Jesus. This is what you need. I because think, it's I, Nintendo's I, I, Microsoft Connect and, oh, and versus God. Nintendo's... In other uh, words, he's getting two restraining orders is what he's getting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the one that I saw recently that I thought was really cool is uh, some guy had... Um, patched together um, some freeware drivers and basically got two connects to work in unison and make some pretty incredible 3D um, videos that you can view on the internet. Fun. So, I mean, and, and like really, I mean, it was pretty good with the, the depth um, emulation with just the single close, one, but close, the two close. working in concert... Where it was just amazing. I you, saw you get a frictionless surface to simulate walking without actually moving. Well, you moonwalk. And you moonwalk. No, 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 no. I'm talking about so that when you play, you can just sit there and walk, and it seems like you're walking. And when, when they get that, when they mm-hmm. figure out that, you know, uh, two-dimensional, two-axis treadmill, whatever, I don't know we about will that. Be, we'll be close. We'll be so much closer to the holodeck. I don't know and, about and, that. And emergency rooms will be so full. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I don't know about that because then they'll release Fallout for this thing. And man, that's a lot of walking. Man, that's a lot of walking. Yeah, the I never walk so much. The thinning of the video game population. The closest they've got so far is that big sphere that you go inside. And yeah. when you walk, it rotates. Yeah. Whatever and the whole point of these things is to put it in your uh, your living room. Yeah. But they, they, you, oh, somebody's got to figure something out. And... and when it well, happens, you're right. Because that'll, that will just t- be the next step to being so immersive. I saw two things related to what I'm about to say. One from Penny Arcade and one just on Google News talking about when the sex game for Kinect is going to come out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have seen a few uh, articles regarding that. When is it going to come out? Who's going to make it? Who's going to carry it? It won't, be, it won't be an official stuff. product. You put an AO sticker it won't have on the something. Microf- it won't have the Microsoft <laughs> stamp. Yep. <laughs> There are no games with AO stickers because they them, die. It'll have the MisoSoft stamp. <laughs> MisoSoft. There you go. Then that's the next step: a, a working three-dimensional console game that's open sourced. There you go. 
That's, that's a, a, both a great and a horrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> Microsoft proved that open source for console games, and eh, not so much, because you get all those indie games, and for every great indie game out there, you get a... Uh, a hundred crappy ones. Well, yeah, you yeah. get a hundred... That, that, the fart game. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I enjoyed the one that I bought. Let's fart, I think it was what it was called. Let's something like fart that. Or let, something. Let's, 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 let's go back over that sentence real quick. You enjoyed the one that you bought, I that did. you supported. I did. Paul which showed the, me this which game. Which is the same it one that... on the show. Paul, of course. Paul. <laughs> it's the same one that Paul bought. So there's yeah. two people in this, in this group that bought... Try not to fart. That's what well, it's called. Yeah, I was gonna say dollar game. Try not to fart. Greatest game ever. That and I made a game with zombies in it. Oh. In, in their defense, the the try not to fart is an actual game versus like the other the other quote one. unquote fart simulators it, it's where it's like you fart just soundboard. You just yeah, exactly. That's all it is. Is it's a soundboard. You push a button, it makes different fart noises. Paul just likes and the Paul fart song. Goes crazy. Yeah. <laughs> For sing, every he sings along. He knows the words. <laughs> Well, there's only one word. Fart, 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 So for every game, like, try not to fart, where someone puts some thought into, and, and good voiceovers and everything, somewhat, there's a fart game with the fart song. There's like five of those. And, and it's terrible. I looked through those indie games, like, okay, let's try this. Oh, this is crap. Try this. Oh, this is crap. Try this. Oh, my God, it's a fart song. That's true. That's true. <laughs> No, um, uh, it, you know, tied into that, uh, third edition D and D was open sourced. Yeah, uh, the open game license, and it was a similar thing. There was there was a veritable flood of uh, really there was some great third party product out there, but there was a veritable flood of lousy stuff that actually a lot of people say helped contribute to some game retailers' fall because they became saddled with this inventory of crap uh, of and crap. Not. That no one bought. And you know what? That is the exact same story of the original console failure of Atari in the early 80s. They lost their lawsuit so they couldn't control who was making games for them. Everyone started making games. Everyone started making crap games and rushing them out. Stores didn't have the space to clear off for the new ones, much less sell off their old ones. So they sold the old ones for cheap. All of a sudden, all these games got known to be bad games. People stopped buying it. Until yeah. Nintendo came yeah. along. So it's the exact same story. Mm-hmm. So go. open source so. works for some things, but other things, yeah. not so much. Well, well down, what about downloadable apps then? Something where there's no physical inventory to clutter if you're getting crap. You still, uh, yeah. need, you still need something for the consumer to sort out what is worth getting and what is not. But at least you're not going to be loaded down with a lot of physical product. Um, if you're picking up a load of crap. That's what I'm worried about with mods for video <clears throat> games. Like Diablo 2, you can mm-hmm. test it. There are some great mods out there. There as long are. As the community says, hey, everyone, this is a mod that everyone's using because it's awesome. And that's, as- and that's where I mean, that's where ratings come in real well. I mean, ratings done by users. Mm. Whether you, because, I mean, if there's, you know, five ratings and they're all great, <clears throat> you know, warning flag. But if you have, you know, eight, 800 to 1500 users and it has that's probably a good idea of what that rating is going to be if it's an 8.2 probably a good mod yeah. if it's a 5.2 probably middling if especially it's less, if it's a community yeah. where you know the users i mean we joked about it before you know Barry saying something sucks but knowing Barry when he says that you know, those of us who know him, we actually kind of know where that's coming from what you he's talking about you know what my style is you know so we understand perfect that. like rotten tomatoes 
Yeah. RottenTomatoes.com, you get to look at all the different reviewers <clears throat> and you see what they like and they don't like. Mm-hmm. And you, you take your judgment based on that. Mm-hmm. Because I look at uh, movie reviews in the Las Vegas local Alt Weekly. Oh, the, God. The movie reviews in the Weekly are ridiculous. <laughs> Josh Bell can suck my ass. He's an idiot. I used to call him Taco Josh Bell. <laughs> um, That's the pull quote. Yeah. Uh, his movie reviews suck. His, his sense of, of, of film sucks. I don't like him. Um, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I just don't give a shit. Uh <laughs> I know. Milk of human kindness, long since dried up. Um, I don't, uh, I don't like it. I know, I play in your game. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's right. Um, Mr. Curse Sword. Some, some movie reviewers are right on the money. And some suck. You just gotta find the ones that you like. And if you could, I wish you could rate the Raiders. Oh! No, I don't want that at all. I don't want to rate a Raider. Oh, Oh, God. Come on. I have a hard enough time rating the games themselves. Oh, I think that's awesome, Barry. RateTheRaiders.com. And then rate the Raiders who rated them to make sure that that's a, a worthwhile rate instead of some second sure, we, we, we can have a self-rate role, you know? No, you have people that rate the Raider that rated the game. Oh, now now you're getting crazy. No. Now you're taking it too far, Todd. No. It's... At some point, you got to play the damn game. <laughs> Well, are we talking about games? I don't know. We're talking about rating. I don't have time. I'm too busy rating shit. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad idea. Well, they can't all be winners. Like me. With its latest round of rating success, the AMC adaptation of Robert Kirkman, Tony Moore, and Charlie Ellard's image series The Walking Dead earned its highest ratings yet, showing how the series has moved from potential cult hits to legitimate television phenomenon. Debuting this last Sunday night, the uh, episode Wildfire earned 5.6 million viewers overall, which was more than the pilot episode logged on Halloween with by nearly 0.3 million. The episode also retained a high mark for viewers in the key 18 to 49 demographic, with 2.8 million viewers there. Uh. And as uh, Kirsten noted on the way in, very excitedly, yeah, the entire writing staff has been fired. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe I don't understand TV. Um, you there, there's, this, is, uh, this is fairly new news, so this news is still coming out as we're recording this. Uh, but uh, basically, the core writing staff is fired. Frank Darabont's going to a freelance writing style, much in a similar vein that uh, Showtime's Torchwood is going by. So they're, uh, I don't know if it's a money-saving technique. I don't, I don't know what kind of experiment this is. But uh, it could work out, but... I'm sure they'll go with writers who have proven themselves. They're not going to, you know, do, you know, type in this letter and you can do a stalk on roll. Um, no, they're not going to do it that way. <laughs> At least I hope not. Well, I'm mm. I'm getting a little worried because it's di- it's diverging a lot from the comic. Oh, it, it diverged from the first episode. Yeah, but, but now not it's in just... a but not in a bad no, way. No, not in a bad way at all. But right now we're kind of in left field. Uh-huh. I, I, I read I read mm-hmm. the first two uh, trades again just to catch up. So, okay, what's coming soon? No, I yeah. have no idea. What is this? <laughs> and I'm enjoying it because of that, because it is keeping me guessing. Because, yeah, the moment they brought the brothers in, I was like, okay, where are we going now? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I like them. I like the characters they have there. I like what they're doing. I just don't understand what's going on. Are they going to hit key points? I don't know. It's a good question, and they may or may not. But either way, damn fine series. Cheers. Is that yeah, damn fine series? But is that maybe the reason that they shit can the writers? Um, well, I will mm. say this: <clears throat> Kirkman has been writing some of those episodes. 
Really? Kirk's been yeah. writing, and Darabont's heavily involved, so maybe okay. he's he's confident with the... They, they'll be able to keep it in the direction that they want to uh, keep it in. As long right. as Kirkman is involved, I'm down. You know, I have people coming up to me uh, lately and asking me, he's like, have you seen this series, The Walking Dead? It's so good. And I say, yeah, it's it's a great series based on a graphic novel. And they're like, That's ba- that movie, that series is based on a graphic novel? And uh, so, I mean, there's there's hope out there that more series like this will get made because people are discovering now, they're they're liking it having not been familiar with the source material and they're liking it and now, you know, having come up to me and, and asked me about it and I've told them at length what it's about, you know, even though I've not actually read them yet because you guys are doing the experiment with me, not getting to read it until after the series is is out. But, uh, but you know, they're, they're starting to ask me questions about other graphic novels and, you know, well, well what about this? And, and I said, well, there's a, there's a great story about yeah. this. There's, it's time nice. to read so, Alan Moore's Lost Girls. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm waiting for that website. Instant fan. <laughs> it's just, it, 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 it warms my heart to know that material that's done as well as this is, is exciting people about other Yes. and other, it's nice that they're material. mining other than superheroes because yeah. you have like I mean Mark Millar right now is Mr. Hollywood mm-hmm. they're adapting stuff of his left and right. right so pulling something like Walking Dead which is not superhero oriented but still right. from the company it's good they need more right. Ennis oh my <laughs> god the, the world in general just needs more Ennis well yes. Ennis. yes they need to do Crossed yeah but <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Wow, I, I was going to go with Preacher, but holy mackerel. <laughs> That'll get an X. Oh, I think boy. Garth Ennis material is going to have to end up on HBO or Showtime. Oh, it's it's yeah, definitely not going to end oh, up on Basic dude, Cable. Ennis' Punisher on Showtime? Yes. That would be awesome. That would be oh. awesome. Triple brilliant. By the way, I just picked up book 13, is it, I think, with uh, Walking Dead? Yeah, I think oh, that's up there. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. That was it. I wanted to get into all the various volumes of those books I had had to buy so far. Yeah, Boys 7 came out, too. Yeah, I do know that, too. Aha. All right, when Xbox 360 turned five years old last week, with no known successor on the horizon and no new imminent PlayStation or Wii either, it has signaled the demise of one of the video games industry's most longstanding truisms, the five-year console cycle. Mm-hmm. Since the... Uh, since at least the mid-80s, the major console makers have generally come out with new models every five years or so. For example, Nintendo Entertainment System came out in 1985, followed by Super NES in 91, and Nintendo 64 in 96, and GameCube 2001, the Wii 2006, right on target. Sony put out the first PlayStation in 95, followed up the PS2 in 2000, PS3 in 2006, and Microsoft introduced the original Xbox in 2001. Released the Xbox 360 in 2005. So, yes, the five-year cycle is officially dead. Good. I mean, technologically, Good. there's not much more they can do with the physical console. It's, it's, it's all about software now. It's yeah. part of the reason I didn't buy a console for a very long time. I just didn't want to get into it finally when it's got good games and then oh here's the new thing i mean even if you look at uh, the the new uh, xbox 360s you know the the smaller the slims yeah there's uh, some minor technological differences you know they've they've put the entire system on a single chip you know the graphics processor and the cpu are all on a single chip now as opposed to separate chips on the motherboard so that's a quote-unquote advancement, but it's still basically the same, the same, yeah. the same system. It runs the same way. 
In fact, it's even throttled back to, so that it doesn't run as fast so that if you've got an older console out there that it doesn't uh, yeah, doesn't fact, give you an unfair advantage. Well, maybe that'll be the new cycle. I can't remember the name of the company that made Crisis and are continuing to make uh, games and so on. But, uh, but they're saying that what's slowing down PC development is consoles at this point because PC, they can do great stuff with PC games, but no one dares do it because they also want to put out a console version that they have to dumb down mm-hmm. to uh, equal <clears throat> the... Uh, well, let's face it, five-year-old uh, technology. technology. Yeah. Oh, it's so old. <laughs> In technology terms, you bet it is. Uh, Way old. Buster Brown. The only yeah. problem with the PC stuff is uh, you need a top-of-the-line PC to run some of that stuff, like Civ Five. Uh, I'm playing a huge map on Epic. My machine just chug, chug, chokes chug. and dies. Well, you know, your machine is capable of running it, but you're... you're your your problem is you have multi-core 64-bit processors running on a 32-bit OS. Uh, well, I'm not oh, even playing on that that's, machine. That's your, that's your biggest I just, problem. You know, I used to respect you. Yeah. Well, no, you, you know, didn't. Um, considering the the awesome deal that he got on his con, uh, on his systems, I, I don't think he has any room to complain. Yeah, I did get them at a very good price. Just fell off the back of a truck. Pretty much for you. <laughs> Pretty much exactly. Had and some poor old lady in Pasadena is like, "Oh, my computer's gone. Who took it?" Hmm. Just three years ago, <laughs> she's crying. The Nintendo Wii was nearly impossible You're to find. Kidding. As hardcore gamers clamored for it, along with novices, including families with young children and grandparents, drawn in by its easy-to-use wand. I got one as a gift. From January 2007, just after it launched until last May, the Wii was the top-selling game console nearly every month in the U.S., but things have taken a decided turn. The Wii fell to number three from number one this year, with U.S. sales in the first 10 months down 24% from the same period the year earlier. Sales of Microsoft's uh, Xbox 360 are up 34%. Sony's PlayStation 3 have risen 14%. Games for the device are also on a similar downward slope. Electronic Arts recently told investors that Wii game sales outside of Japan fell 34% in recent quarter and are expected to be down sharply for the full year. Many who have bought a Wii appear to be letting it gather dust rather than buying new games. <clears throat> Us. Quote, the success of the Wii has been bound in a large part to people who enjoyed it as a fad and have now moved on, said Mark Jackson, chief executive video game finance and consulting firm Seahorn Capital. Hey, your Wii's just gathering dust down there. Is that even I plugged into anything? Um, it's plugged in. Well, it, <laughs> since we got the new TV, it's not plugged into anything Now, see, we got to fix right that now. real soon because Epic Mickey was released, and I will be getting that. Really? Yes. You are getting that. Hell yeah, what I'm is getting it? it. Epic fucking Mickey. Thanks. What is it? <laughs> it's it's a game. It's Mickey, Mickey and it's epic. Where you play Mickey with a paintbrush in Disneyland. The, the, that uh, Disneyland full of the lost characters of Disney lore. Trust me. It's oh, actually, that's the it, thing that Darkened Up gave Mickey an edge or something like yeah. that? What? Yeah, I, I read about that. This, that's this right. game is actually supposed to be yeah, spectacular. Yeah. Uh, I can't a big name behind it. I can't remember his name, but guy that's been in the huge in game development for well, years. All I can say is right we haven't even turned that thing mind. on in a year. It's probably well, like ten ep- ten updates behind. Well, there hasn't been a reason to. I'm afraid to turn it on because it's going to blink blue at me <laughs> yeah. all night and it's going to distract <laughs> me while I'm trying to watch a movie. Hate that, that. that thing. It, it's like, hello, Torgo. <laughs> What you are doing is highly irregular. Why are you watching me? <laughs> well, I dream. And this is what I normally do in my pants. 
<laughs> okay. And that is the geek news this week. Yay. Which brings us to the big list. Big list! Big list! And uh, this big list, oh, is so, so amusing. We've kind of followed this story as it's been unfolding, and it's it's like watching a car wreck. It's just... You can't turn away. You really can't. Uh, turn Off the Dark had its yeah! preview on Sunday. Turn Off the where Dark. Where the first, the first allowance of people to come in and watch the show. It's not a te- It's not a rehearsal. It's not a technical rehearsal, but it's not the absolute finished show either. It's somewhere in between. So, uh, you know, after budgetary problems and death of stuntmen and... Well, preview night. And it had uh, had a few issues. And so here is a list of the mishaps that took place on the Turn Off the Dark preview night Sunday evening. Oh, okay. The $65 million Broadway show. $65 million. The show had to be stopped four times in the first act alone for various snags. As the character Arachne, played by actress Natalie Mendoza, finished her big number Rise Above while suspended over the crowd, an apparent wire malfunction left her stopped in midair, where she remained for an embarrassing seven or eight minutes as stagehands worked feverishly to figure out the problem. Also, at 7.23 p.m., an aerial scene began in Peter Parker's bedroom to the delight of some audience members. Yet it was halted two minutes later when the first of four pauses in Act 1, apparently to free the lead actor, Reeve Camry, who plays Peter Parker and also Spider-Man, from an aerial harness. He was stuck there. Next, as the Goblin, played by Patrick Page of Grinch fame, (coughs) sat, sat down at the piano for a scheduled number, he was left to continue playing on and on and on as stage workers openly rushed around to fix the faulty equipment. Page finally... Uh, started vamping it up for the grateful audience members, riffing on the tune I'll Take Manhattan. (laughs) (laughs) The fourth and final pause at the end of Act 1 was the worst glitch of the night. Oh boy. Spider-Man had just flown and landed on stage with the musical's heroine Mary Jane Watson in his arms. He was then supposed to zoom off toward the balcony seating area a few hundred feet away. Instead, a harness and cables lifted Spider-Man several yards up and over the audience, then stopped. A production stage manager, C. Randall White, called for a halt to the show over the sound system, apparently in hopes of fixing and redoing the stunt. Crew members standing on the stage spent 45 seconds trying to grab Spider-Man by the foot as the audience laughed and ooed. Finally, when they caught him, Mr. White announced intermission and the house lights came on. <laughs> Act 2. <laughs> That's a fucking mess. Parker's love interest, Mary Jane, was supposed to be saved from atop the Chrysler building, but part of the building was missing, and Mary Jane was nowhere in sight. (laughs) (laughs) What? 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 Where was the actress? Oh, man. (laughs) Somebody missed their cue. (laughs) So Act 2 began shortly after 9 p.m. and unfolded fairly smoothly until about 15 minutes later when Mr. White called for a pause. After a few minutes, as some audience members were stretching, a woman in the audience suddenly shouted, I don't know how everyone else feels, but I feel like a guinea pig today. I feel like it's a dress rehearsal. She was met with a chorus of boos. In its last ten minutes, the show was completely stopped for at least half that time to work out its kinks. So last night's, uh, not last night's, but Sunday night's preview of Broadway's most expensive production ever, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, was an epic flop. As $65 million wow. of the show's high-tech gadgetry, gadgetry would completely awry amid a dull score and a baffling script. 
and theater goers griped. Bonus, apparently Arachne, the eight-legged spider lady from the beginning, is the radioactive spider that bites Peter Parker. Yes, the spider that gives Spider-Man his powers is played by a human in a spider costume and gets her own song. What? What? God. And the song is called Rise Above. Wow. Whoever bankrolled this thing is going to be just cringing. Apparently the producers are already talking to the theater about the show that's going to follow it already. Whatever show that's going to be. Oh, my God. If I believed in superstition, I would think this thing is cursed. It almost feels that way. Uh, Just bad news after bad news. And let's face it, superheroes have not fared well in the past. Superman the musical was uh, also a horrible flop. In the uh, late 70s, early 80s when that took place. Who bankrolled this? Um, then he had other infamous flops. Carrie the Musical only had one production before they shut his doors. Really? One full production then closed. And it kills me. They have such name talent behind this thing. And it just, it's still... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, see this almost Big sounds, names. I mean, with that Arachne thing, that, I don't know, that almost sounds like a, a too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh, it's type of deal, you know. I mean, it's speaking to sound like a Uwe Boll. Yeah, no, you film. know, if I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, if those effects would work, the character leaping over the audience into the balcony, It'd be stellar. That would just be. I mean, what do you think well, is going to? Shit, cost? we see this. You know, it's it's performed several times a night yeah. in Vegas, and I love it when every I see week. It. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Cirque du Soleil does thousands of variations of this. So that's what we need in Vegas: Cirque du Soleil Spider Man. Uh, no, no, New York needs Cirque du Soleil Spider Man. <laughs> no, I see. What do you think is going to cost? We need for a Cirque du Soleil pu- Punisher. Oh God, it's, it's got to be you know one hundred fifty, two hundred dollars yes. a person for this. Wiring thing. the villain yeah. so that when he blows them away, they soar across the audience. Oh, you that's the, safe. You know what's the funny about all this? Confetti is. Yeah. I have a, a friend that that does flying in stage plays for a living. He's a flying director. Like goes and gets people set up with their harnesses and and does the rigging and everything. And this company that he works for has been doing this for like 50 years, something like that. And it almost sounds like they went with a new company that's not quite sure how to arrange all their stuff as a cost-cutting well, move. I don't, but what I'm getting on the way this is structured is that it's not classic flying techniques. This is new technology for the theater. Yeah. That these, aren't, these aren't your classic Peter Pan harnesses here. These are really intricate technologies they're dealing with well to sell it in that costume it would have to be something something new yeah and and for the amount that they're doing because um it already i i we have no idea what the choreography is but it already sounds like there are a number of crosses and a number of different planes of flying that would tax the way the way the technology as we know it works in terms of people flying around and stuff like that i have seen some still photos of it and it's clear that it's a multi-point harness but it's also clear they're not trying to hide the cables so i don't you know i i don't know where the major malfunctions are in the equipment but i mean trying to hide the cables no it's it's the cables and the way they're attached it's clear there's there's no way they're going to be able to For hide it. So I think million, they can try harder. <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to even try. I think they know this moment of suck this brought is a to person. you by Doctor Vlog of the Ugly Couch Show. <laughs> <laughs> For sixty-five million, you could put a little elbow grease into it. <laughs> 
Oh, man, couldn't you just see him in, you know, a, a suit with a stogie in the back row, just like, oh. <laughs> No, no, you know why? I wouldn't be in that back row. I wouldn't have bankrolled this turkey. From the beginning, it spells disaster all over it. Oh, okay, so you'd be a reviewer. I'd be a reviewer. It stinks! <laughs> um, all, right, all right, all right, okay, this is impromptu. Gentlemen, give, <laughs> give me a moment to think about it. I'll start off. Think of what we think would be the worst movie or property turned into a musical. The worst or the best? The best worst. The best worst? The best worst. worst. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead with Predator, the musical. <laughs> starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> but as the Predator. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the worst. That's what I want. I got one. Except for the very beginning scene, Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> that, that would be awesome. I would see Arlie Ermey do that whole speech in rhyme with tap dancers behind him. The rest of the movie, utter shit. So, so wait, so wait. Do, do, the, do the Marine recruits suddenly bust out into tap dancing? Is that what you're going with while he's doing Who's his speech? Who's the slimy, twinkle toast cocksucker that just... <laughs> Tap dance his way into my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, in rhyme, you know, <laughs> love it. That's I want to see that. I want to see that. But the rest of it would be utter crap. <laughs> wow, it would get terrible reviews. It'd be a cult classic, though. That's true. So maybe that doesn't count as the best worst. I don't know. It's up there. It's up I don't there, know. Yeah. That that's pretty good. I. I I feel inadequate. I have really have nothing after no. that. I mean, I would I would go with something like, you know, Fight Club the musical. No, that know, works fine. That works. Yeah, <clears throat> I could see that. I, I I want so much for that Helena Bonham Carter, you know, uh, scene where she's singing about uh, haven't had sex like that since the seventh grade. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Well, hell, just looking at my stack of Blu-rays sitting over here. Uh, you could have Psycho the musical. I'll just throw a dart, dude. Yeah, I know Psycho, or even Back to the Future the musical. Got but, it. But honestly, days later. That would, would be interesting. Musical. You can't do it as a musical. Twenty-eight days later. Did you say? Yeah, that can be done. I've got oh, it. Sure. Jackass the musical. <laughs> okay, that would be yeah, a winner. winner. Yeah. There's a winner. <laughs> ding ding. That, that is nigh impossible. It's not impossible. No, no, it's nigh impossible. You can hit the notes after you get struck in the nuts. There you go. Well, I mean, the movie they pretty much make it into a musical in it's certain not even segments. A movie. There's no plot. There's dumbasses beating each other. And Perfect. now you got songs about dumbasses beating there each other. There you go. How much more do you... Do? Well, okay, now we're entering into the realm of a reality show. <laughs> and we're also entering the realm of ending this show. Aye. So, but you got something to add, write to us in the comments section or write to us at comments at uglycouchshow.com. And don't forget to watch the Ugly Couch Show itself. I swear to God, there's a new one coming, folks. Really, isn't there? There is. Isn't there? There is. There Even is. if I have to get out and push. Somebody, Push. <laughs> And thanks for all the comments that you give on the various websites that uh, that get the show known out there. We really appreciate that. And there's going to be more news next week. So until then, I am Master Torgo. I am the voice of Suspenders. <laughs> 80s Jeff. Commander K. And hey, let's play again next week, shall we? Barry, replace the negative power top. Shut up. You should sing that. Be sure to tune in next week for another exciting story from the files of Police Squad. <laughs>